Hi, my name is Renita, and I am your host of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. My podcast aligns with idea of my blog of feeling comfortable with you. I'm excited to share topics and ideas with you today. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome. If you like what you hear and see, please subscribe to the Be Your Own Kind YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, please follow me. Also in the description box, you can find my Linktree link to all Be Your Own Kind related matters, such as the BYOK merch, where we sell items from t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, and mugs. Also, you will find our website and the links to my social media. Also, we are always looking to collaborate with others, such as business owners, vloggers, bloggers, or just if you simply want to share your story. Last but not least, if you are looking to promote your business, Be Your Own Kind will gladly promote you. If you are interested in details, please email me at info at beyourownkind.com. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting the Be Your Own Kind platform. Hey lovelies, I can't believe March has flown by so much. The upside is the sun is shining longer and the weather is warming up. We will be in sandals and have our curls bouncing and shrinking in the humid air in no time. Speaking of hair, I had the honors of speaking with lifestyle blogger Yelena Allen. Her blog, Hometown Girls and Curls, focuses on curvy petite fashion and natural hair care for beginners. Come take flight with us as we discuss Yelena's testimony of the mending of her family, her hair care journey, and more. Treasure Glitz customizes stem and stemless glasses, mugs, shot glasses, you name it. I love showing off my personalized glasses. She has customized glasses for personal use and even for the Be Your Own Kind podcast. Customized drinkwear is great for standing out at your event or relaxing in style at home. So order your item by calling or texting 708-299-7555 or by visiting the Treasure Blitz Facebook page. Well, hello, Yelena. How are you doing today? Hey, I am good. It's a Sunday and I'm here live and well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Same here. You can't really um say anything negative when you say you're alive and well because you don't have to be alive and well. So <laughs> what a great response, especially to stop someone from being negative. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. Sometimes you just have to bring a little positivity in, even though the negative tends to come probably more than a positive anyway so right exactly so tell us a little bit about yourself um so by day i'm a paralegal for a law firm but by night i am a lifestyle blogger um so basically i focus on natural hair and for you know girls like myself and i also focus on fashion for curvy petite women and then also the importance of family and healthy family relationships um, regarding the word of God and redefining the meaning of a healthy relationship. Right. And that's that's personal to you. Right. The um, refining of a um, healthy relationship. I read on your your um, site, your blog, hometown girls in curls dot com. I love that name. <laughs> uh, you were um, you were in a situation where you had to testify against your dad 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, and it's a long story, but I, I don't mind sharing. Um, so just to give you a little background, um, my parents did not have the best relationship. Um, he, my father was a cheater and he was also abusive towards my mother. Um, so the cheating led to my brother being born. I mean, I'm sorry, um, another child being born outside the marriage. Let me okay. correct that. Um, so after that, my mom continued to, you know, continue on with the marriage and she eventually just could not take it anymore. And that had to be about 10 years into the marriage. And so she was just basically done with him. She said she wanted to leave him, divorce him, and it was done. My father did not take that very well. So it happened to be one night, my father was already moved out into the home and I was asleep and so was my brother in the same bedroom. I was going into the bathroom when I heard some crying. So I just went into the bedroom and I see my mom and she's crying and my dad is sitting there right next to her. And you know, she's wiping her tears. She's saying, you know, everything is okay. Everything is fine. You know, just go back into the room. And my dad was saying the same thing. Of course, I'm looking like something's not right. Um, so long story short, the police was called that night and I actually saw my dad get arrested right there. Happened about a few days later, we had no knowledge that he was bailed out. And a simple trip to the grocery store was the day that just changed our entire life. So me and my brother and my mom was going to a car. And when we got inside the car, my dad comes out of nowhere, gets into the car, pushes my mother into the passenger seat where I was and just drives off and having no clue where he was going, where he was taking us. He was just basically saying, we're gonna be a family again, you guys. And you know, I'm gonna work things out, me and your mom. And my mom is in the passenger seat, just pleading with him, just trying to, uh, you know, say like, hey, this has nothing to do with the children. Please just let us go. And we were actually in Georgia during the time. So when he drove off, he ended up stopping in South Carolina. And so when he stopped in South Carolina, we were actually at a gas station because he needed to get gas. So my mom, she took us to inside and just said, let me take the children to go use the restroom. And when she went inside, she just went frantic and was just like, oh my gosh, my husband, my other time, you know, he's um, kidnapped us and, you know, we're in danger. I don't know what to do. And that's when the clerk that was working during that time called the police and basically said, you know, you guys hide into the bathroom. And basically my dad, he was looking for us for a little bit and then just drove off. So we ended up having to catch a Greyhound back to Georgia. And then me and my brother actually went back to Louisiana. Okay. And then also during that time, my mom did not have anything. 
So the car that she was driving, my dad had that car now. The money that was in her account, all gone because he, he took it out. So she was stuck having to basically separate herself from us for a little bit just to um, pick up, just get her back, stuff back on her feet. And so during that time, we really weren't having any kind of contact with his side of the family because of what was going on. And he was basically still on the run. So it was pretty tough trying to trying to not be in contact with his family because first of all I look just like my dad so <laughs> that didn't really help but um you know that was just something that my mom thought that was the right thing to do just in case they may contact my dad any kind of way um eventually he did get arrested and he was um charged um, with several charges like assault, kidnapping. And then it was during that time when it was time for him to go to trial. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we were in trial, the prosecutor basically told me and my brother that we had to testify against him. So just to give you a a tidbit on that as well my brother was six years old and I was eight. Oh my so it was just like how do you just <laughs> how do you just let two children go up there and have to testify against their father at such a young age and you know still not be able to um have to be that child again. It was just like you had to make a decision that an eight-year-old or a six-year-old normally does not have to make. Right. And so um, when my brother was first and he went up there and said nothing. He didn't say anything. He didn't talk. And it's expected from a six-year-old. Right. And so it was my turn to testify and you know, I was stuck in a rock and a hard place because I'm a daddy's girl. I love my dad. But then I'm thinking about all the stuff that we went through. It's just like, I don't want to be in that position anymore. And it was crazy to have to have to be thinking about that at eight years old and to make the mature decision to testify against your own father. Yeah. So eventually he was... Um, convicted of aggravated assault and he was sentenced to 15 years and to serve 10 and so but he was released in seven years so that means that he was in prison from when I was eight years old to when I was 16 mm. yeah so eventually you know we were still going and seeing um visiting him in prison we were also um, writing him, talking on the phone with him, and eventually my brother and I moved back to Louisiana. And my mom was still here. So during the time, my mom was still going to the prison to see my dad, to cheer him up, to pray for him. And during that time, he was saying that, you know, I'm going to win my family back. 
I need to win my family back. And so he completely gave his life back to God and rededicated his life, did a complete 180. And, you know, he was basically convincing my mom that he had changed. And of course, it's really hard to be convinced by. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I was like, um, I don't know. I need to see to believe it. So, I, right. <laughs> but he kept showing, and he kept fighting, and he kept showing, and he kept fighting, and then eventually they ended up finding themselves back together. Hmm. They got remarried, and you know. The family was back together, but technically it wasn't because there was still some resentment and still some bitterness that me that me and my brother had towards him. Right. Even though he was able to repair what you know he had with my mom and what he did with my mom, it was still something about us that we were just like, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is real. And then he, you know, came back into our lives. He was trying to get involved again. And I'm not going to lie. I had to add to like, so now you want to be a father again. Okay. Um, But it really took some time to be able to heal from that, forgive him, and be at a better place that we are right now. And that took him to come to us apologize for his actions um acknowledge what he did and also my mother apologized for her actions because we honestly did not know that she was involved with certain things as well that could have been done differently so that was like a complete shock for us as well but it was mostly him that had to come to us and say hey i know what i did was wrong I should have never did this. I did not even think about you when I made these kind of decisions. I apologize for it. And I want to be able to move forward and, you know, have a relationship with us again. Um, Because, you know, when he was released, he was wondering, like, why do the children always come to the mom? You know, why is it that they tend to trust you more? And my mom had to let him know you were gone for seven years. Right. And so it was just the three of us. And that meant, you know, having to go to her and be dependent on her and practically play the role of a mother and father, even though that's not really possible. So, you know, he understood that. And that's when we had a conversation of, you know, what he did and that's how the whole forgiveness happened. And once forgiveness happened, then we were able to actually reconcile our relationship. Then that went to restoring of our relationship. And, you know, I just got married like four, like almost four years ago. And my dad and I were at a wedding and we did uh, our father and daughter dance. That was like super fun and <laughs> it just great and everything. So it was just like, it's really good to see that we are at that kind of place right now compared to what we what we had went through. 
Right, exactly. And what I love about that is everyone held themselves accountable. It wasn't your mom like, well, your dad did this and that's why I did it. It was like, nope, there's no excuse for what I did as well. And your dad is like, you know what? You know, I was only thinking of myself. I wasn't even thinking of how I was affecting you guys. I just want to do what I wanted to do. Who actually says that like, if people would just admit things like that, I feel like a lot of relationships would be be repaired. Oh no. That's, that sums up my week. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, I think a lot of people would, you know, hold themselves like, you know, like, like repair relationships, like I was saying, repair their relationships, because if you just admit to what you did, instead of making excuses, like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I, the, the worst excuse is, well, I was on my cycle, so that's why I snapped on you. <laughs> No, that you, came up, I've used that a couple of times, but then I had to I mean, realize, like, no, no, you know what you were doing. Right. Yes, I'm in a bad mood, but I could have prefaced this conversation like, look, I'm in a bad mood. I, I, anything you said to me right now, you may not get the response that you're looking for. So call me tomorrow. Like, who exactly. does? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think accountability is very important. And I feel like that is such a beautiful story. I'm glad that you guys. And, and then the, the other side is being open to seeing that person change, because I feel like a lot of people are rested to who they used to be and no mm-hmm. one gives them the benefit of doubt that they can change but we know that God can change hearts you know can change people yes. but you the people have to be open and look at that change as well and not judge you on who you were in the past so it it's it's com- it's commending on both sides where you like you know what dad okay I see you are changing I see you are sincere you're genuine you know and you guys opened up your heart again your whole entire family and it repaired and that's that's the the glorification of God you know because sometimes things have to happen in our life for us to realize what we had and how we abused it you know and I feel like maybe that's what your dad realized in in jail and when you find God which is why I question some people that never think they're wrong because God has a way of showing you what you're doing and how you're affecting people and sometimes he allows that to happen to you just so you can really understand how you are treating others so I I love that like to me I feel like that is a God believer because God will God is always tapping on my shoulder yeah 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 but what did you do what did you say how do you react you know like there had there's some sense of accountability because we all can have we all in our life could have done something a better way you know and that's how we grow from that like how can we grow if if nothing is ever revealed to us on what we need to to change but um I love that story um I'm glad that your family you know has mended and you know he gets to walk you down the aisle you guys get to dance he gets to be a part of your life you know your mom is connected with someone she loves because people are in love with people every day but they're they're with somebody else yeah (laughs) You know, so so that that is a beautiful story. I'm sorry, I'm going on and on, but yeah, that that is that is a beautiful story. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> so um, so you've made that your testimony, and now that now that you've went through that, now you're dedicating your life to help other families, men. Correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and just to touch more on that. Um, I really wanted to focus on the importance of healthy feminine relationships just because I grew up not being um, exposed to that. And so what something that I really wanted to, 
you know, do for, not just for myself, but for my future children is give that example. And that's what I'm doing with my husband right now because my husband as well was not um, exposed to a healthy relationship as well. So that was just something that both me and him discussed and said, okay, we're going to be different. We're going to do something different. We're going to show our children that we can be different, that we can have healthy, good relationships and not have to go through, you know, the trauma that we dealt with, mostly because of the decisions that we make. Right, exactly. And so breaking generational curses, you know, yeah. like it's not going to be, you know, yet yeah, no, it's not going to be perfect, but that thing right there that happened with me is not going to happen with my kid, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, because we can't control everything that happens, but there are some things that we purpose in our heart when we're an adult, like, no, no, this is not, my kids will never know anything about this. Like, they'll they'll grow up in a certain home, a certain way, you know, because some, some people think that kids don't pay attention. Exactly. But I promise you, you can remember, you can vividly remember some things that happened when you were seven or eight, just like I can. And I've even brought it to my parents sometimes, like, I didn't even know you was paying, kids pay attention. And, yes, yes. and and they and the thing is these kids grow up and I feel like some parents forget that these kids grow up you know <laughs> and, and that stuff can affect them in a way you know yes. so, um so yeah I'm I'm all down for the breaking of generational curses for real because you never want your kid to even though I'm not saying parents like all parents go out and intentionally you know want to screw up their kid or put them through things but like you said we all grow we all have different ways of how we grew up. Mm-hmm. And then we have these children. So you have two people that's still trying to get to learn each other for their different upbringing, trying to upbring another person. So that's a yeah. lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and just with marriage itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you preach to the choir. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> like, why are you doing it that way, though? You know, like, so, so you, you also got a lot of I didn't know you did that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's one thing with marriage, because I don't I don't have any children, but it's one thing with marriage where you have to kind of understand the other person. But then I hear when you have children, now sometimes people want to bring their kids up like their parents, but another person like, no, we're not, no, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> so and that conversation too, yeah. I get it. So do you do you have children presently? No, I don't have children yet. Um we're trying to have, you know, get a family eventually. Um, but that's something that my husband and I had definitely, you know, had those kind of conversations because um, you know, growing up he was raised a certain way and I was raised differently. So, you know, I almost was that person that was just like, well, the way that my mom raised me, I turned out okay, so why not? <laughs> but <laughs> my husband was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. So it was just kind of like we had to like come to a common ground and come to some kind of agreement that we can both, you know, be able to use. That time does come, you know, regarding raising our children. Right. And that's important to have those conversations now. Then when the child comes and the parent do something, another person like, no, no, we're not going to do that. And I know religion, I see, is a major one where there's 
you marry a person and they may not have religion at all or they may yeah. not believe in the same religion and then they're battling who the kid is gonna you know what religion they're gonna convert with and stuff and i'm like y'all should have had that conversation exactly it's important to have that conversation beforehand before you even start having children so yeah I get yeah, it. yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, so thank you for sharing your story. Cause I'll keep going down this rabbit hole. Because <laughs> the law with you, it's all right. Right. Communication is key. I'm trying to tell people like, I'm like, are you getting married for the wedding or for the marriage? Because the next day after, you're like looking around, and I swear to you, and I knew my husband since high school. I swear to you, I looked next to him the next day and was like, who is this? Like, you see a whole nother person. It's yes. a world and I can't even explain it, you know, and then you're learning to communicate with this person, you know, and, and how to communicate to them. Because sometimes I learn I, the reason why my point was getting across because I'm talking like this and you <laughs> wanna die, you don't talk to no grown person like that. You know, like, <laughs> I do not expect somebody to receive me. He's not a kid, he's a grown man. You know what I'm saying? So I get you. <laughs> So, you know, it, it, I feel like my my faith in God has increased since being there because you have to depend on him, Lord. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I have no idea. And everything that I do now affects a whole nother person. So it kind of makes you more accountable. It does. Absolutely. You know, so it, it grows you up, for really. So when people say, I really want to get married, do you want to get married or you just want the wedding? Because you That's can just buy a dress and do a video. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most important question because once that party is over, what now? Right. <laughs> That's the it question. It takes work on both ends. You have it to does. put work into any relationship to make it work. And I feel like because marriage is a ministry, Satan be like really going for it, you know? And, you know, things that wasn't even coming towards you single marriage, you're like, what is this? <laughs> so you got to learn to put the full armor of god on you got to increase that faith you got to pray more you got to seek like you if if you was a christian single you really a christian mary like for real like (laughs) i don't see how honestly like i don't see how our marriage would be if god was not in it i i don't know it was just it would be a mess to be honest with you like because there are just some things that you know me and him don't agree agree on or you know it could be something that we're just going through and it's just the word of god that just you know keeps us going that keeps us stronger and everything and honestly i I don't know what where our marriage or what me or him individually would be if he wasn't in our life yeah I agree. And it goes back to accountability too, because sometimes when I'm, when I'm uh, going to God about something in my marriage, he's like, yeah, but okay, let's, let's just divert to you for a minute. (laughs) Do you think you could have said that another way or, you know, and it's actually shaped me as a person too. And sometimes if I can't get a point across, I've come to the prayer where Lord, just show him what I'm trying to say. Clearly I cannot convey it, you know, because, you know, the, the whole hierarchy is God, him, you. So it's almost like you're jumping over him and going to his boss. Like you saw that, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or sometimes I feel like as a marriage, not even an argument, just you feel defeated because when you see him struggling through something and you can't, you don't know how to help, you know, you think you're helping, but you're really hurting it. 
So it's right. like, God show me how to nurture my husband during this or how to help him reach where he wants to reach without being bossy or pushy or, you know, off-putting where he would feel comfortable to come to me with things. So, so that's once again, holding yourself accountable, you know, to be, to be better, you know, exactly. and not always making it about you because sometimes a person is, your mate is not mad at you because of something you did. They're going through something. And if you can't stop and live outside yourself for a minute and say, wait, my, my man is struggling, you know, and not picking mm-hmm. arguments. Well, why don't you love me? It, girl, he ain't thinking about you. It's things in his life. So you have to recognize that. You do. You got to get outside of yourself and realize that you got to, you know, you're thinking about a whole, you know, another person that is not you, that is different from you, that, you know, have a different upbringing than you and everything. And it's just like, you have to be able to, you know, not be selfish and really just think about that person, how they're doing, how they're feeling and everything like that. And that was quite an adjustment, but like more than you do with like, it really comes easy. Yep. It does. And it stops a lot of unnecessary arguments too. It does. Absolutely. Because if you're always thinking anytime a person, your mate is mad, that is because of you, you're going to always be on the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. But instead of guessing and creating these scenarios in our head, why not just ask, the, not even, I'm, this is outside of me, this is any relationship. Why not just ask the person what is wrong? Right. And let you know if it's you. <laughs> right. Or, you know, instead of, I don't understand and da 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 It's like, well, did you even ask if it's you? You know, or it, could they be going through something? Like, why think all of these scenarios in your head, you know, and just, just ask? <laughs> I get it, because you know what? I was that person that always thought about scenarios in my head, that I always was ready to come with the argument in my head. And that's when I was like, wait, <laughs> why don't I just go to this person and just try to understand what they're dealing with, what they are going through, instead of just being like, well, I'm already, you know, I'm ready to just put on my, you know, my armor. I'm ready to like, you know, put on my camouflage. Like, let's go. I'm about to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played the conversation out in your head too? Like what you gonna say and what they gonna yes. say? Yes. Yes, I already like I already have in my head what I was gonna say, how he gonna respond, how I'm responding to it. <laughs> I was like, this is too much. Why am I doing all this in my head right, right now? You all reared up and ready for argument that didn't even happen. <laughs> then I finally asked him the question, and then it's so simple, and I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's just like a bad day at work or something like it don't even be that deep exactly. <laughs> I'm loving this shit like we, we're supposed to be talking about natural hair now right <laughs> so I reached out to you um, initially because um, I okay I'm just gonna just give you a quick synopsis of just my personal natural hair um, journey so I was forced to get go through this natural if, if you left it up to me i would still have a perm 
Um, but come to find out, um, my I have eczema in my scalp, and it was a fa- it was like creating sores, like the perm was creating sores in my scalp, and then it it turned it from turned into sores to migraines, and the dermatologist was like. And um, she was nice. She's like, you know what? She she was a, a Caucasian dermatologist, just just for context of what she what I'm about to tell you, what she's about to say. And she was like, you know, this is going to be a sensitive subject. I have these conversations with my African American patients, and this perm. She was like, it's not good. And you know, she she was she was as sensitive as, as possible. She was like, I don't want you to rear up at me, but I'm telling you that you're gonna continue with the sores and the headaches until you stop the part. So I ignored it for two months and then I think I had a major, major headache. And I'm like, okay, this is not worth it. You know, so I I I I've been natural for four years now. Um and I've learned how to do my 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 hair pattern and you know all that stuff and uh, it, it's still daunting to me because I miss that wrap like that wrap that was straight and just the air blowing through and it's like the air is blowing through my curls but not the way the wrap did you know so right. I, I had to learn to embrace my curls because um I don't know how you know your community was but when I started my natural hair was kind of like so you just gonna come outside like that you know we'll comb your hair and I'm like but this this is my this is my hair you know what I'm saying like this is my hair and I I think it was just part of that that's another reason why I was scared to get go into that journey because of things like that you know like I'd be feeling cute my my curls be popping you know because once you figure out your curl pattern it's, it's dope. It took a year, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it was like, and I'm walking out and it was really short cause somebody just cut all the perm out. That was devastating. And, uh, <laughs> all the perm out. so I had this little bitty fro, but I was so happy about it. But like the, the feedback from it was just kind of like, that's how you coming outside today. And I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted to first ask you about your natural hair journey. Like, when did when did you decide to, you know, embrace your natural hair? Ooh wee! <laughs> so I've actually been natural for almost eight years, nice. but I actually did not grow to truly appreciate my natural curls until three years ago, and it was crazy because. I honestly thought that I was very, you know, confident in my in my hair. I was I thought I was always the person that was like embracing my natural hair. And then there were just some things that took place that made me realize that, oh wow, I wasn't really happy, you know, with my hair as I thought I was. And it happened in the year of 2017. And so what happened was that there were two weddings that was going on, my best friend and mine. Hers was actually like a month before mine. And so what happened was that for her wedding, I had to get my hair straightened. And then for my wedding, it was actually dawning because I got a sew-in and it was like my first time getting a professional sew-in. And when I actually told people you know, I was getting sewing, you know, the people was just asking, asking like, why don't you just use your natural hair? Like, why don't you wear your natural hair for your wedding? That's how I always pictured you. And that honestly did not even cross my mind 
to even use my natural hair, to wear my natural hair at my own wedding. And I still continue on with the, you know, sewing and child, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was just like, oh, throwing a hair back. I was thinking that was all fabulous. Like, yes, okay. <laughs> but then girl, when I had to actually take out the sewing, I realized that I was getting um, bald spots mm. in my hair. I had bald spots in my hair and I just saw like clumps of my hair coming out and I didn't think, I just thought it was normal because I haven't, you know, it had to sew in my hair for about a couple of months. So uh, hard headed as I was, I still went around and I was still straightening my hair and I was still trying to like, you know, make it into a quote unquote sophisticated hairstyle, especially for like special events, weddings and all that. That eventually led to severe hair damage, heat damage, along with fox spots. So my once hair that was like down to my shoulders was cut into a, shape, a tapered haircut. And that happened in 2018. And I was devastated. And I was just like, how did I get to a place where this happened? And that's when I started realizing, like, I truly didn't love my hair like I thought I did because I was too busy trying to conform my hair into ways that people thought would be sophisticated, that people thought would be um, professional. And that led to a lot of heat damage because I was constantly, you know, straightening my hair, trying to get trying to fit in that box. And so honestly, it took me to actually chop all my hair off nearly and just start over and to actually embrace and love my hair. Because now when I go to like weddings, when I go to work, when I go anywhere, I am rocking my Afro. I don't care what nobody say, I'm rocking the Afro. Period. And honestly, when I go to like weddings or like special events and I wear my afro, I'm always getting compliments anyway. So I'm like, why was I tripping? <laughs> right. Right. And and that's the thing where we're I think when you're little, you you I don't know if you got the hot comb or whatever. It was just kind of yeah. like the curls were like, no, no, you do not go outside with your hair. What is it, nappy? You do not go outside with yeah. your hair all over the place. And and that like once again, something that happened in childhood grows with you, you know. And so um, I had to I had to get over that. And my I mean, you can't tell now because I got I got a protective style now. I need breaks at times. <laughs> I just need a break, you know. So I do protective styles. I don't do sew-ins anymore more because of what you said because it does it takes your hair out and I was doing it because I was still trying to get that rap feel so mm -hmm. I totally get that but um what was I saying oh yeah like when the, your hair when you learn your curl pattern and your hair start growing and it's getting fuller now like the same people like you walking outside like that are like oh my god like it's really full get out of my face but yeah so it's <laughs> It's like, I don't care if you like it or not. And I think it's not even the change in the growth of the hair. It's the confidence that grow with it, right? Because some people just feed off the fact that you're not confident with your fro. But when you walk out the door, like now your, your curls are popping, you walk out the door with, you know, the popping curls and you feeling good about you and embracing you, that comes off on everyone else. Like, girl, you know, you looking good. I know. 
<laughs> you start patting the fro a little bit, like, yeah, yeah, I know, it's a good one. Yeah, it's cute. Right. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and and I like that you said that, you know, you you felt the way, you know, for your own wedding, you didn't even think about embracing your own hair, you know, and um you follow me on Instagram and I don't know if you've seen like the picture where I got on the jean dress and I got my curls. Oh yes, I did. Yeah, so the backstory about that, I was supposed to have those long um knotless braids for that photo shoot and my uh, my appointment it didn't happen um because something was going on with, with with my hairdresser so she couldn't do my hair or whatever so mm-hmm. i i'm talking about the day of the photo shoot i acted like a five-year-old like this is not how my hair was supposed to be and i don't know what to do and then everybody's like why don't you just wear your curls and the 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 photo shoot turned out great and that's when i realized very recently my thoughts about my natural hair like yes i got the curls and the pattern but why did i have such an attitude and didn't even think about my own hair and i still didn't feel like i looked great with it then i get all these comments like girl you rocking that hair that wasn't even the the idea (laughs) how i was going to do my hair and i and i think you know that made me realize recently like you're 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 saying you like you know it's popping but where's the confidence where's mm-hmm. the confidence in just your hair so um it started changing my ideas about my hair just something like that like what you said with your wedding like why didn't i think about my my own hair exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's like that's the one that rocked my hair i rock my hair like 99% of the time, like throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know, and I have my occasional, you know, um, protective styles. So it, it honestly did not even, I, I, and I'm still like surprised why I did not even think about that in the beginning. It took someone to actually ask me, like, I'm like, oh yeah, well, I could have done that, but I'm getting the sewing anyway. So I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> As you being a paralegal, um, does your hair play a factor in that? Because I know um, natural hair in the workplace has transitioned over the last years, and we don't feel like we have to straighten our hair and look a certain way for the professional world. Do you embrace your natural hair at work? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I understand what you're saying because of the laws that have been passed lately. And even when I was interviewing you know, years back for, you know, jobs, I wasn't wearing my hair out. I was wearing my hair in buns. I was wearing my hair straight and, excuse me. And it got to the point that I was tired of doing all of that. And so it was, I had, we started wearing my hair naturally, you know, when I go on interviews, when I go to jobs and honestly, even the job that I'm working at right now, I went to that interview with a straight up Afro mm. and said, these are my skills. These are my credentials. <laughs> this is what I am good at. You will be happy if you hire me and I got the job. So, you know, it was just like, I didn't care about my hair being natural at that time. I didn't care about my Afro. It was just like, I'm just going to come in here on this interview and say that I'm the best person that you are going to ever have in this office. <laughs> and the rest is it. So, yeah, I still wear my Afro every single day in the office, too. <laughs> and even, like, my head wraps or whatever it could be. And I get all kinds of compliments as well. 
and you should be able to you shouldn't have to be judged in a job interview because of your hair exactly exactly so I'm, I'm glad that that's transitioning because same with you interviews straighten my hair you know it works straight no if I want to wake up and just bounce all over the place that's what I'm going to do at work right. <laughs> exactly. I dare you to say something I dare you to say something thanks <laughs> the most annoying question is can I touch your hair <laughs> oh that gets me every time and i still get it and god's working on me with that response <laughs> because like as soon as someone said oh i like your hair oh thank you can i touch it um excuse me <laughs> i had to just be like <laughs> i'm like oh, um yeah no that's not gonna happen mm -mm. Don't do that. Right. And I used to do it because I felt rude. And then like the comments with it like, oh, it's so soft in my mind. I'm like, well, what did you think you it was gonna feel like? You know? Yeah. So my husband was like, you ain't gotta let people touch on whatever you don't want to. You ain't a pet. And I was just like, you're right, I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> no, you can't touch my hair. <laughs> Cause you messing with my pride. Ain't that what Salon say? No, nope, you can't touch my hair. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. So what? So what are the most common mistakes that you think us natural girls make when trying to grow our hair? Honestly, and I'm also coming from the mistakes that I've made as well. And one is trying to do the same regimen that you see a lot of influencers or bloggers do when it comes to your hair. Not really listening to your hair, basically. Because, you know, with me, I am a natural hair blogger, but I always give a disclaimer that, hey, this works on me. I'm not going to say it will work on you. And I've always said that when it comes to natural hair, it's all about trial and error. You're not gonna always get it, you know, that perfect hairstyle the way that you thought it was gonna be, you know, that product may not work on you just like it may have worked on um you know these other high up um natural hair bloggers and bloggers and so i think that's just something that you know most natural girls make um, mistakes on is something like that and then also taking the curl pattern system way too seriously <laughs> It was the thing until like I would go down comments and you see girls saying, oh girl, your hair ain't real 4C. That ain't real 4C hair. And I was like, but everybody's hair is different. Everybody's texture is different. Everybody's porosity is different. Density, thickness, like it's not going to be the same. And I didn't think it was like this huge debate about, you know, what real 4C or 4A or 4B hair is or anything like that. And I do understand that there are some influencers and bloggers that try to, you know, gain that audience because it's kind of popular to have 4C hair apparently. And so they may have like 4A or 3C hair. I get that, but to get to the point when you're just arguing back and forth with people, and I'm just like, child, it ain't that serious. Hair is hair. <laughs> and just as long as you love it and embrace it and, you know, take proper care of it, child, hair is hair. Get over it. 
right it's 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 not that serious i mean yeah. I, I grew up thinking hair was everything though like if my hair wasn't done i just would i wasn't popping you know so i don't know if that's culture or whatever but you know um some people you know the hair not done then they're not they're not popping Right, and I oh, get you gonna show me how to do something. You better have the the type of hair that you say. You <laughs> <laughs> then you grow older, and you like it's not that serious. It's just hair. <laughs> exactly. Are we here with natural hair, moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. And I get that, but how often are we supposed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when it comes to moisturizing, that's, first of all, yeah, that's very, very important and very key. And the only way that you're going to really be able to know how often you need to moisturize your hair is when you actually know the porosity of your hair. Once you actually get to the point of knowing what the porosity of your hair is, then you can have, you know, a system where you know when and how often you need to moisturize your hair. Like, for example, I have high porosity hair. So for my hair, I can, my hair can actually absorb moisture, but it won't be able to actually retain it. Mm. So what I have to do is I have to apply moisture to my hair two, three times a week just to make sure that my hair doesn't get to the point that it is dry because my hair does get dry um, quickly. Like my hair and my curls are popping, you know, one day and then the next day it's completely dry. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> it's as dry as Sahara. It was like, OK, I got to like, you know, put more product in and everything like that. So it really does depend on like porosity, because even with someone who has like low porosity hair, um, what which is basically um, it's hard to actually absorb the hair. But once you retain it, it's easy. So what you don't want to do is put too much moisture to any to your hair that it causes buildup. So you would probably only have to moisturize your hair once or twice a week, maybe even once a week, because once that moisture is in, it actually stays. Okay. So it all depends on the porosity. Once you actually know what that porosity is, then you can actually get to the point where you can moisturize your hair and it be moisture inside the air so okay does weather play a part in that as well it does it really does um with us being in i'm in georgia so it's a lot of humidity in the air and you know when it comes to that i have to go out and I, and the moisture sometimes takes away from my hair so there are times i actually had to protect it more than usual okay so it can be um it, it can be tough because you know of course we're talking about different environments you have some people that just live in like humid areas you have some with just dry heat period or you know cool air period it all really does depend on the environment child i'm, I'm telling you when you're talking about natural air it's literally like a second job Yes, <laughs> you are having to learn so much about your hair, having to learn something about it that you just did not even know, like existed. 
and you know it, it, it really does take a lot of research too to be able to know like how to moisturize your hair and you know how to deal with the environment when it comes to your hair and staying moisturized okay yeah you, you like you said you gotta listen to your hair i never heard that before but you said listen to your hair so yes, that's your, hair. Like your hair will let you know <laughs> if that product ain't working. Because I put some in my hair, and my hair will be like, uh-uh, nah, sis, ain't it? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. No, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, I okay, got I you. Okay. <laughs> 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 See how you I'm telling you, listen to that hair. It will let you know. So what's your favorite products or products that you use? Okay, I love Curls Dynasty. So I use their leave-in conditioner, the um, Kalahari leave-in conditioner. I also love raw shea butter. And I use that to basically seal in the moisture because since I do have high porosity hair, I need something that's going to be heavy that's going to um, help my hair retain moisture. And um, then I also like the Thank God It's Natural Daily Moisturizer because mm -hmm. it's nice and thick. And that's what really helps with my hair too. When you have high porosity hair, you gotta have thick creams, you gotta have thick oils, butters to be able to penetrate the moisture and then also let it stay. So mostly that's what I really love are those three are like my go-to staples when I'm trying to get my afro right. I'm trying to get my twist out or my braid out on point. Like I need to stick to those three and child, that's it. I'm good. I feel like you don't need all these extra products to get you there and <laughs> everything i do like to experiment I, I give you that i do like to experiment and try out you know the different products but sometimes there's nothing wrong with just going to the same old go-to you know products that just won't steer you wrong right and it, it comes from trial and error anyway so when you find those products that that you know your hair responds to in a positive light it's like eh, i might you know, play with something later. But this right here, if I know I'm going somewhere, these are the things that I need to put in my head because I, yeah. I know for sure it's going to turn out right. So, right. so yeah. yeah, so thanks for sharing that. I'll, uh, I'll have the links in the comments for the, the companies that uh, Yelena mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so not only do you discuss hair maintenance, you also um, talk about, you know, the, the curvy petite woman, you know, yeah. fashion and how to dress yourself. Tell us a little bit about that. So I decided to go to that route because after I got married, got a little bit of marriage weight. <laughs> so <laughs> happy pounds. <laughs> happy pounds, exactly. So I started getting some of that. And of course, with me, I'm only 5'1". So I wanted to reach out and help those who are around that height, but still have a little, you know, shape to them because I love blogs. I love looking up, you know, ways to dress yourself. And every time I look up something about for petite women, it was always someone who was like skinny and didn't have like, you know, hips and curves, anything like that. And I'm like, child, that's not me. I can't wear that. So, <laughs> 
So I was like, you know what? Let me go to the girls who, you know, have the height like myself, but have to look a little bit of extra, you know, hips and thighs and, you know, breasts and stuff like that. Because that was something that I had to figure out my own. Changing, you know, uh, changing from a, a B cup to a C cup. And then also, you know, these newfound hips that you have. So it was just like, it was a new, it was a journey for me to be able to, know how to dress myself in this newfound curves that I have because I'll tell you I was going to my closet and I was trying to wear the stuff that I just couldn't wear no more and I was like this ain't fit no more what do I need to do <laughs> so it's, it was a whole journey of just trying to figure out how do I fit you know what 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 kind of clothes will be able to fit my body you know, accentuate the curves that I have, celebrate the curves that I have. So that was the whole point of, you know, me doing this blog too. Nice, nice. And and with any um, body type, you know, especially when you're transitioning from from one to another, you know, you you it's, one, it's another thing with confidence, right? So for a person that is struggling with confidence in their hair or body type or whatnot, what advice would you give to that person to build their confidence? Um, I was just supposed to say, like, these are, like, some of the things that really helped me. Number one was to have affirmations. And I just, I'm a big, huge fan of affirmations. And putting them in different places where I can see them on a regular basis. Repeating that stuff to myself to the point that I actually believe in it. And so that was one. Another one was showing gratitude towards the things, towards the things of my body that I do love, that I do appreciate. And so, you know, I would look into the mirror one day and just be like, oh, I hate the way my stomach looks. Oh, I hate, you know, this back fat. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate that. And I'm just like, what is up with all this negativity? Because I know that it's not everything on your body that you just hate it's certain things that you actually do appreciate like you know i just started pointing out things that i do love and you know and have am grateful for like i love my legs i love my you know my hips i love my shoulders that's why i love to wear off the shoulder tops and dresses all the time so it's like actually being able to point out the things that you are actually happy about and then lastly, and most importantly, because it's just around so much, stop paying attention to social media all the time. Oh man, yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was guilty of that because I just like, oh, if I had had her body, I would be good. Oh my God, I just want her abs. Oh, I just want her butt. I just want this. <laughs> and it's just like, child. It's filters. They edit that stuff <laughs> to get the illusion that their body is perfect. Right. <laughs> and I had to come to a realization that, hey, my body is not theirs. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm good with that because I'm not them. I'm me. And right. then, like, right, secondly, God don't make any mistakes. When it came to the person that he made, 
Right. So it's just like, why are we, you know, get so caught up with, you know, these Instagram models and everything like that? First of all, they get paid to do what they do and look the way they look. But there's, there's always, you know, retouching and, you know, spanks and other ways that, you know, they are able to, you know, hide those imperfections that they actually have themselves. So that's 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 the most important thing for me is the social media attention when it comes to the body. It can be very discouraging and just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, that that, that makes the point. That's that's why I started being around kind because I'm like everyone's trying to fit these Instagram blueprints and we don't yeah. even know how real it is. Why not just stick to you and what you want to do and be and in this case look like you know so (laughs) So that's that's an excellent point excellent point so here on BYOK we have a staple question and that question is if you can describe yourself in one word what would it be and why Mm, that's a good question if I would have to I would have to say authentic and I'm saying that because my hair is authentic, my body is authentic, my story that I tell is authentic. The, you know, struggles and the trauma that I went through is being authentic. And what I happen to it with me, it's all about what you see is what you get. And what I don't want to do is give the illusion or give any kind of front as if, you know, I don't go through anything. I'm not struggling through anything. And being authentic is just the most important thing to me in my book. So I would just say like being authentic and you will see more of the authenticity in my blog and my YouTube channel because that's what I wanted to put out there in the midst of, I don't want to say it, but it's a lot of, you know, fakeness mm-hmm. that is out there. And it's a lot of, you know, people putting on the illusion of one thing and then going through something else behind closed doors. And I just wanted to be that person that did not want to carry on that blueprint, but just say like, hey, I struggle with my natural hair. You know, there is some things when it comes to my confidence that I've dealt with. There are also things that, you know, my family went through and, you know, grown from. I have problems with my marriages sometimes, just like you two. And I just wanted to be the one to put that out there and just be real and authentic and just child be me. Love it. You know, this platform all about that. So I love it. I love it. it. So where can we, you know, where can we find you on YouTube and your blog? So my blog is www.hometowngirlsincurls.com. That's um, Hometown Girls and Curls is also the name of my YouTube channel. And uh, also... uh, on Instagram, you can also find me on there, and my uh, handle is naturally Helena. Yeah, that's where I found you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad 
you did. I am so happy you did because I am enjoying myself and I love communicating with you and I had so much fun. Yes, same here. And thank you for being a trooper, Elena. I mean, I got the, the video issues. My son gave up and, you know, the beat keeps going. So I thank you for um, for being a trooper and hanging with me on, you know, some crazy, <laughs> some crazy, you know, out of my control type thing. So uh, thank you for that. And thanks for sharing your story, you know, your dopeness and your smile. Like, just just thank you for today. And I hope that you, you listeners, you know, you, you've learned something and gained some knowledge from this interview today and until next time don't forget to be your own kind be kind to yourself and each other